Welcome to Show Me Something Wrong. Where each episode, one of us chooses a movie to watch that the other hasn't seen. The movie is often obscure, usually odd, and always wrong. I'm Dave. And I'm Guy. And today I've chosen the movie, and it is Red Account, My Bloody Angel from 1988 by Toshki Sato. Let's dive right in. Sure. For a very shallow film, there's not one in terms of story. Yeah. I feel like there is a lot to talk about here. How long is this? 55 minutes or something? Yeah, it's just shy of an hour. Mm. Um, now, I first saw this film between 10 to 15 years ago, and it was because it was released by the the label Shock, uh, which I think, I think it's a Dutch label. And they put out things like Organ by Kei Fujiwara, and they put out Eat the Schoolgirl. Um, so they had a lot of stuff like underground, kind of splatter, fetishy kind of stuff released in Holland, I believe. I think they put out some of, like, Fuji's really... I guess you could say shitty, but I love them. Uh, later movies, like... Oh, uh, you can say shitty. Yeah. <laughs> no, I, mean, I love them. I think they put out a, a couple of those in the like, Bare Bones releases, oh, okay. unless I'm getting mixed up with them. I don't know. Company. They they always came in a nice slipcase. They have four lobby okay. cards in I'm each probably, one. I'm thinking of definitely a different company. <laughs> no worries. And anyway, so it's been a very long time since um, I had seen it up until recently. Um but it was always marketed as one of these extreme Japanese splatter films, much along the lines of Guinea Pig, uh, All Night Long. It was, it was marketed like that. Mm. So in my head, it was just another one of these films in the same vein. Um, but then I, I was attending a talk night recently, um, and it was kind of it was a talk night showcasing films that had not been released um, past VHS in Japan. And there was lots of horror and gore and animation, all kinds of weird shit. And the guy who was hosting it played a clip from Red Account, My Bloody Angel. And I was like, oh, fuck, this film. And I thought this would be great for the, uh, for the podcast. And then I started to realize a few things. Firstly, the title, like Red Account, My Bloody Angel. And the similarities or the patterns that you got with films from that era that had a kind of a foretitle colon and then the secondary title so for example um white rose campus everyone oh, gets raped. oh, oh you've, <laughs> um, you've watched that oh yeah Damn, that was on my list one and um <laughs> lolita vibrator the torture, torture. Mm. like these things you have a <laughs> just saying so yeah, casually uh, yeah and then thinking about those like semicolon like the, the titles mm. with the semicolons in and then after our um, our previous episode where you did... Nay Means Yes. Nay Means Yes, a.k.a. Lady of the Stable. That's the one. A.k.a. Um, woman fucks a horse. <laughs> <laughs> Had another one. Wave something. Anyway, sorry. The weave. Um, <laughs> and you talked about the, uh, for... the prerequisites for oh, pink oh, right, films. Right. Mm-hmm. I thought um, you were going to say the, the group... Of directors. Ah, before that, you yeah, talked yeah, about yeah. what mm. what you needed, the prerequisites were to make a pink film, mm. and they had to be within an hour, and pretty much the directors were given free reign to do whatever they want, as long as they were given, uh, they provided the sex scenes. Had, had to have some shags in it. Had to have some sex. And then I thought, fuck, is this Red Account, My Bloody Angel, a pink film? And it kind of ticked all the boxes based off, you know, the, just my 
my relatively shallow understanding of the genre, but after looking at the title and your um, your explanation of what a pink film was, I thought very much possibly. Then you researched the mm. director and the, you came to a realization. Yeah, yeah. So this is not a pink film. Oh, it's not a pink film. It's a AV kind of like it, it's Nikatsu. It's a Nikatsu video. Right? Mm. So it's not a pink film because this would have never been screened at a cinema. Right. Uh, it's a video release, so it doesn't quite fit into the pink mold. Uh-huh. But this director, Sato Toshiki, mm. that's his name, right? Yeah. yeah. It, for me, he's oh, he's the other Sato mm. that I always am, have been meaning to watch his films. Right. But I, this is the first time I watched one of his films. But he he is part of a group of pink directors, kind of kind of like an unofficial mm. group uh, called the. I mentioned them in the last one, the Four Heavenly Kings of Pink. <laughs> Um, and I think it should be something like the, the, the four pinkmen of the apocalypse. Yeah. <laughs> I think they're also known as the four devils as well, might mm-hmm. be another name that they have. But basically, there were these four very popular, I guess, mm. or, or very prolific mm. pinku directors mm. in the late 80s through to the mid 90s. And Hisayasu Sato mm. is in that group, but also this guy, Toshiki Sato. So mm. he's sort of part of that group. Mm. But he began his career. So he went to. He, like, studied film with Nikatsu. He went through, like, the Nikatsu, like, film school or something. Or, like, right. or like went... I, I don't know exactly how it works, but I guess his first assignments were AV films. Right. And I think this is his first film, or, or at least his first or second film. So he made one or two, this and maybe a couple of other AV films. Mm. And then he moved into pink films after that. Right. And I also know him as the guy that made the live action Perfect Blue film. That's it. That's his most yeah. famous film. Mm. But um, but he is, there's a lot of his films that I really want to see. Um, and he is considered a really great pink director. But yeah, this one's not quite a pink film because it's it's shot on on video right so it doesn't right. quite meet the doesn't uh, quite meet yeah, those yeah. strict requirements <laughs> and, I, um, I should say again last last episode i was like this is my like my definition some people's definition mm. there's also people that just call fucking everything yeah. pink yeah they'll call fucking like lady snowblood a pink film or something you know what i mean they're just <laughs> fucking morons aren't they <laughs> they'll just like throw anything yeah. that's like slightly titillating in yeah. any kind of way as a pink film yeah. but for me, it's got a. It's the, it needs those kind of strict yeah, guidelines. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I wouldn't call Lady Snowblood a pink film. Maybe that was going too far, but like maybe things <laughs> like you stepped uh, over the line. Then. What are those girl girl gang movies? Oh, the Skiban um, Girl. Kind of. Yeah, like maybe things like that. That yeah, kind of like pinky that violence, pinky violence. Stuff, yeah. yeah, it often all gets lumped under the mm, the one umbrella. Yeah, but yeah, there's there's kind of different definitions, and right. I, I kind of prefer that like strict definition. Mm. So, so, so yeah, this is a Nikatsu production, and Nikatsu are most famous for their their Roman porno films, mm. um, maybe back in the day at least. For um, sure. And maybe it's just my own um, lack of knowledge, but I didn't, I wasn't aware they actually made pornos as well. Mm. I thought it was like purely Roman pornos, which doesn't actually have. Um, you know, penetration. It's all kind of made yeah. for the show, right? I didn't know they actually made porn films. Is um woman in a box also Nikatsu? I AV? think so. Yeah. Oh wait, was that an AV? Was there actual sex? Well, I mean, I don't know. It's like a. Is it AV? I don't know. Like, is this AV? It's kind of hard to define it. You know what well, I mean? Well, I think like this one is far more comparable to say something like 
um, tumbling doll of flesh, Nicodanima, because you have that actual full-on real sex scene as opposed to the kind of um, the, the, the made-to-look-real sex scenes which you get in a lot of the sure. pink and the Roman pornos. It gets blurry, though, because pink films also sometimes have real sex, too. Right. Yeah, it's, it's hard to define. And th- we can get into it more later, but this one, I was like, I don't know what the fuck... To call this because mm. when you when you sent it to me when I was like eighteen minutes into this I'm like is guy just sent me a porn <laughs> film to watch but then it becomes something else as it moves on let's get right into it then so here we are Red Account My Bloody Angel 1988 so we start off um, with someone who very much just looks like a salary man he is yeah. in a straight up suit with a kind of little funny little headband <laughs> on performing an exorcism. On a man. He's doing the whole, like, mantra. (laughs) Talking. Whilst his wife is watching. And describing in detail through a a voiceover of what has happened. And apparently what has happened is the devil has infested in her husband Masuel's eye. Mm. Which we then learned has spread into his organs. It's in his guts. It's in his guts. His guts are possessed by the devil. <laughs> yes, yeah, so everything's very fast. So we're straight right. He's possessed by the devil. Some man who looks like your average salary man in a suit is performing an exorcism. We cut straight to her in jail, carrying on the voiceover or the speaking to the camera, explaining what has happened. So we're constantly jumping back and forward through time. Um, whilst the wife is explaining what is going on. It's a real classic Roman porno pinku mm. setup, I think. That kind of flashback oh, yeah. formula. You see it so they much, They love right? it. They, love they do it. love it. Instantly, as soon as this started, I, I know it's like, it's you, you said before it kind of got lumped in mm. with guinea pig, and it's very different to those films, but it did instantly give me that vibe with the, like, video kind of aesthetic, like, everything mm. about it. Mm-mm. It's weird for me. Like, I watched those guinea pig films when I was really young, mm. and I think they warped me quite badly. Mm. And they've also imprinted in me. So when I see something with this kind of look to it, mm. I instantly feel a bit uncomfortable because <laughs> I get flashbacks to seeing those films when I was a teenager mm. and feeling really bad about watching Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but it makes sense, though, that they've only got an hour to, to mm. tell a story and they have to have a number of sex scenes in. So there's only so much you can actually, you know, tell in that time through physical means. So they, I think everything's got lumped into flashbacks and people just talking directly to the sure. camera. Sure, sure, sure. Um, so we jump from her watching her husband get... Um, exercise essentially uh, to her in jail (laughs) and we and she's now talking about how she met her husband and the story is she was working as a nurse when her husband came into the hospital um, after suffering or being in a car accident and they fell instantly in love love ensued they do a shag on a rooftop. Do a shag on a rooftop. Or a little shag. It's, it's not too... It's not. Yeah, it's just a quick... It's not even a shag, actually. I think they're just making out a bit. Um, he's also... He's a singer of a rock band. Well, that's it. That's an important one. But we don't... We don't ever see his band. <laughs> or ever hear his music. Even though it's important to the story. It's very important. It is very important. And I'll tell you more on that later. Um, but... But yeah, he's kind of there on his crutches, hobbling along the rooftop for some reason. And and she like, you know, tackles him down to the floor, gives him a bit of a dry rub down. 
Anyway, this is all. This is all. Very, only one or two very fast. That's past. Um, so yeah, we fell in love. Yeah, yeah. Come on, come on, come on. We gotta keep is. going. It is, and then so we gotta get the story going. Three minutes into the story, we get our first sex scene. But before that happens, so now we're back into their apartment. Again, we're jumping through different timelines. We're in the apartment. And before the sex ensues, did you notice the really, really tiny guitar amp that he had in his apartment? No, I didn't. (laughs) How tiny was that? It was tiny. So just to give you some idea of perspective. So he's in a Japanese apartment, um, like the one we are in now. Everything is low down to the ground. So they have a kind of coffee table and the amp is about half the size of a coffee table. So it is <laughs> like no joke, tiny, oh. tiny, t- and hooked into like his like, <laughs> guitar and his like Led Zeppelin poster on the wall. And they're trying to push that whole like oh, rock and roll kind the of The art style. direction is hilarious. It's terrible. <laughs> Did you notice how fucking disturbingly, disturbingly similar mm his apartment is to this apartment that we're in right now. Oh, I did not. There's a scene, jumping forward a bit, I won't go into much detail, where they're doing a shag by at, in the, the hallway oh, I love that of the apartment. Yeah. And it, it's, mm. I swear they filmed it in this apartment. This is a, an apartment from the 80s. But like the the um, the letterbox yeah, yeah. is identical. It's the same one as ours. Right. Did my head in. Yeah. Did your head in. Did my head in, mate. I guess old <laughs> Japanese apartments looked the same in the eighties. I think they did. I think there was a there was a standard, um, and things just got built that way. Because I remember when I made difficulty breathing, someone was like, "Your bathroom is the same as the one from um, Women's Flesh, My Red Guts," and you you were like, "Yeah, I know. Uh, I deliberately filmed in that location." <laughs> I was just like, "Really?" Like, and but I think there was just like the the prerequisite. Everything everything was made very very similar, especially if you go into like those danchy um, uh, yeah, block yeah, of flats. Yeah. Like it's just decided. Everything sure. looks exactly the same, and I think that that's quite common uh, for buildings of that era. But saying that, yeah, it could have well very been filmed in your apartment, Dave. Could well have been. I mean. Probably this would have been shot in Tokyo, I imagine. <laughs> they, they came all the way to Osaka just to film. Just to fuck in your doorway. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, straight... Yeah, and I was not expecting it to... Um, to to go straight into, like, a porn film. I thought this was a pink film or whatever, well, like, not full-on penetration. Sure. And and same for me, because I, I, you told me to not look up anything about yeah. this. So, I was going in blind... And um, it was kind of funny, that sex scene. Mm. I'm like, oh, okay, she's getting fingered quite graphically. Mm. Like, it's quite... Uh, mm. I'm saying he must... Through, through the undies, but... Well, I was thinking, like, this must be their way around the uh, the visual oh, yeah, senses. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So, pink films ah. uh, and and AVs as well, you, you'll notice a lot of them will have a scene mm. with uh, a woman gnawing on a man's uh, junk through his undies. It's right, just like classic. Right. right. Classic. Yeah, and yeah. that that has a lot of this. But the, but yeah, like the sex in this is um it's kind of weird because it, it goes for fucking ages, mm. that scene. It's really long. Mm. And it's very there's something a little bit endearing about it because it's very fumbling. It's yeah. and kind of <laughs> it's almost a little not Maybe almost amateurish, and, mm. it, and it feels very much like the director didn't care that much. Well, no, he, he <laughs> seems to be like shot from very far away as well. Yeah, he's like, oh, okay, let's yeah. just get this bit over with. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was thinking that that like like the scene where he he's giving her a rub down, and she's 
literally soaked her pants. He mm. must have the magic touch because she has that comes close weather. to breaking. Right, and the, I was thinking, yeah. well, this must be the, the the way around the sensors. You you do sure. it through the underwear, and then like you said, you know, you suck a dick through a through his pants and stuff. But then, I was, <laughs> <laughs> but then, but then. <laughs> <laughs> but then in comes in a wallop of mosaics. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah. Uh, and then, the, you know, standard AV things pursue. And then he pisses on a leg, and then we're done. <laughs> <laughs> well, you say, and we're done, but we're halfway through the fucking movie. By, well, not quite halfway, but it's it's like the 19-minute mark. 19? Well, the, 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 the sex scene started the three-minute mark, so... It's a, it's fucking long. It's long. Yeah, I wrote it down the time that it ended. Bloody hell. Yeah, it, it's long. It's really long. Oh. Most of the film. Good on him. Is that shag? Fifteen minutes. Good on him. <laughs> but what's weird is that this, this is like essentially like AV sort of stuff at yeah. this point. Yeah. However, it, it never. There's like sex after this, but never to that degree. No. And that length. Hmm. So we go back into the story. She's talking again how happy she is with her husband, that she quits her job as a nurse, and they get married. And then there's the montage of love of them cycling. You know, Beautiful the, montage. A couple of them on the bike, going around, the snow's falling. It's all, it's all just like happy life. Um, and I think we are soon brought with the second sex scene. Second shag. Incredible. He comes home <laughs> uh, to your... To, to your home, Dave. Yeah, that, this the is door. the bit where I'm like, fuck, is this my, my place? What the hell? She's got answer. <laughs> the knock on the door, you got an answer. <laughs> Masso's there, the husband. And I've never seen this style of editing. Yeah, I thought there was something wrong mm. when I was watching this. Because they basically, every time they change position, mm. it'll do a weird freeze frame. Yeah. And then just cut shots to a, a new position. Yeah. And the sounds kind of overlapped mm. a little bit. It's... It's really weird. So, so he like comes to it and he's like, I'm home. And he, she's like, oh, she welcomes him. And they start getting down like in the doorway. Straight away. And then it, no it like freezes. And it holds that freeze for like a, a couple of seconds. Yeah. And then they're in a new sex position. And they're going at it again. And then it freezes again. And they're in another sex position. As I go from doggy to all this kind of stuff. But every time <laughs> they're still in the, the doorway. They never leave the doorway. My, my feeling watching that, it felt to me like a case of like fuck we don't have much time to film this mm. and we we can only get a certain number of angles and right. they didn't get any cutaways that was just my feeling watching it and they're like oh so we'll just make it look like it's a stylistic thing by having the, these pauses right <laughs> but in reality maybe they only got the kind of establishing wides of mm. each sex position and no cutaways because there are no cutaways <laughs> it's just <laughs> those flat kind of uh yeah shag shots yeah, the shag shots. <laughs> it's a very bizarre sex scene. But like you say, it never went into as much graphic detail as the first one. No, and then, no undie licking. No undie licking, no... Were you disappointed by that? Oh, I love a bit of undie licking. <laughs> because I, I've had to... I've had to... <laughs> I've had because, to lick an undie before. <laughs> be, because I, I love, uh, you know, Sato <laughs> yeah. so much. And not this Sato, but the other Sato. Yeah. The Yasu Sato. And I've watched all of, all of his films that you can get your hands on. And a lot of them are, are gay pinko, pinkus, and right. they love the undie licking in that. So I've seen a lot of films with just dudes licking, licking tidy whities Oh, no. <laughs> well, oh, I don't, know, don't quite know what to say Should we just end that, the episode? Yeah. And that, that was uh, Red Akamai. Thank you for listening. <laughs> Tune in next time. Um, and then we kick back into the story. 
Oh, we this get is when we're introduced to our best mate, our best mate, Mister Kawakami. Kawakami, who was the person performing the exorcism at the beginning of the movie. I love the way that this film is told. It's really uh, kind of frantic. It feels like a. It's like it feels like a kid telling you a story, but they're kind of like making it up as they go. Mm. And obviously, they're a really perverted kid as well. But it's like, oh, yeah, and then uh, Mr. Kawakami showed up, and, yeah, we all had to hang out together. And then you're like, whoa, 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 hang on, wait, wait, who's this guy? <laughs> yeah. And apparently he's, a, like, a university friend mm. of the husband, uh, Maso, but he looks like he could be his dad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's a weird-looking dude as well. He's a, he's a very... Even though we know nothing about this guy, there's something very upsetting mm. about his character. <laughs> Definitely. But he seems very endearing, like, he's clearly a friend of, of Marcel's, the husband, and he's kind of talking. We get another, like, montage. It's very nice. They're sitting on the riverbank, and they're talking, and they're riding bikes. And, and it's all just, like, like meaningless shots of them having fun and having these deep conversations. And he's basically talking to Marcel about how he has to write music, and he's encouraging him to keep working on his music. I thought there was a little bit of tension under these scenes, though, just from yeah. Tomoko, where she's sort of watching it unfold with this sense of unease mm. as well. So it's kind of, as you said, like all nice and light, yeah. but then it often just cuts to her sort of watching it with this look of like, oh, fuck, mm. My, our, our romantic montages have been interrupted yeah. Yeah. by the salary man. And, and but they also talk about the devil slightly in the yeah, yeah yeah just a quick mention just a quick mention of the devil which is a prelude of all fun things to come <laughs> and the montage ends and then suddenly um, sorry did you get the wife's name I forgot what Tomoko Tomoko she says like from then on Maso kept to himself and got more lost in his writing. Yeah, he's all, like, isolated, right? Yeah. Just writing that music. Yeah. Um, which we'd never hear. we just see him, like, with his headphones on, playing his guitar. Yeah. Well, it's tiny amp. Yeah, his little tiny amp. Doesn't need the amp. <laughs> well, I guess he does. Headphones. <laughs> <laughs> well, he doesn't care. He's got a Led Zeppelin poster. <laughs> and he's, yeah, he's writing his music. He's all isolated. I love the scene. So, he's been writing this music, mm. and then he, he brings it to... Kawakami mm. and plays it for him and Kawakami just, he, we, I don't, we don't hear it right no. do we he, we just see Kawakami listening to it and he fucking loves it <laughs> <laughs> he's stoked on that music did you enjoy that his reaction he's yeah. just having the time he's of his it, life Kawakami <laughs> and then all of a sudden very much out of nowhere it's like he was completely possessed by the devil yeah it just it was like, did we... I mean, I, I love this film, don't get me wrong. But it was just funny. It, it's like he's given played the music for Kawakami. Kawakami loves it. Oh, yeah, he's possessed. That's it. He's he just comes completely out, possessed. out of nowhere. <laughs> Utterly possessed. Mm. Totally possessed. He's done. He's fucked. <laughs> and it's not even a little bit. He's completely... She says, he was completely possessed by the devil. Yeah. And it's like, oh, Fact. shit, when? When did that happen? Well, apparently it entered through his eye. Yeah, how does that even happen? Don't know. There, there wasn't any explanation. I, I mean, I, was it? if it was like the ear, <laughs> I mean, you that would make me, more. That sense. would make more sense. And it, and I was kind of thinking like maybe this is like you know, rock is the devil's music type thing. Like cashing in on that whole like uh, what my, sure. what's the word I'm thinking of? Uh, um, that stereotype, you know? Yeah, yeah. 
It's definitely yeah, it, but but it it's didn't. Not, go it, there. It's very disconnected. Like yeah. the music and it him really suddenly had no possessed. Point. <laughs> but did you? This is a little bit of a, a tangent. But do you know what? Maybe you're going to bring it up later. Is this a true story? I will get to that. Later. Okay, all right. Okay, <laughs> let, let's save that. Then. Um, anyway, he was completely possessed by the devil, apparently. Yeah, and uh, it's infected his inner organs. Yeah, it got in through the eye, and then um, spread to his organs, and then Mr. Kawakami starts his exorcism. <laughs> Just, it's so fucked the way that this builds. Yep, and it is. You know what? Like. Yeah, just the the suddenness of it and the acceptance that Maso has. Mm. It's like, yeah, yeah, fuck. <laughs> you, you gotta do what you gotta do, huh? Guess I'm possessed. <laughs> Go for it. He's, Cut he's me there. up. <laughs> he's there screaming. Kawakami's there screaming. He's like, like doing the whole screaming, chanting thing. And he goes, the devil has found a way inside you. We must remove him. And like I said, Masao's just like, yeah, yeah. Right, well, fuck it. Get right. it done. Get her done. And it'll complete to you. Uh, and then that's when we cut back to the beginning from the, where we where we where we first saw the exorcism. Yeah, we've caught up now. And he's just going, "Well, nothing helped. Left his eye. We have to uh, exercise everything." Mm. And then he just just sh- strangles him. Yeah. He just like tackles him to the floor, strangles him. The wife is watching, just like, oh, yeah, she's yeah. she's down with it as well. Uh, did you notice that the Kawakami goes completely like cross-eyed, and he's just like. <laughs> <laughs> he goes has a full on cum face moment <laughs> and he's alright now the exorcism starts now he pulls out a massive bag of salt and starts cleansing everything so at this point he strangled Masao is he is Masao dead already well we don't really know but he basically strangles him takes him out and he's un- at least he's unconscious as far as we know and then he has a huge sack of salt and just starts like cleansing everything around whilst doing the chanting. And I was kind of wondering, it's almost, I mean, it's common knowledge (laughs) when exercising demons. Um, Salt is always used in this context, like to drive away the bad spirits. And yeah, we used it like before this podcast, right? I I threw it at your doorway when I came in. (laughs) But even, like, going back to non-Japanese films, like, even when it, like, talking about witch, witchcraft and things, salt was always the thing that, like, expelled evil. And in Japan, as I'm sure you've seen, if you go to, like, you, see, you sometimes see outside restaurants or even residences, piles of salt. And do you know where that stems from? No. I've no idea either. Oh, I thought you were going to tell me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm asking you. Don't know. I don't I, know. I've either. got no idea. But it's it's like common knowledge, isn't yeah. it? Yeah, everyone just accepts it. It is. And it's. Always, <laughs> I remember there was that saying. This is completely irrelevant. But that film, Hocus Pocus. Yeah, great film. I loved it. But there's a little kid, and she always carried around like table salt with her, and she would like spray this table salt around. Uh, whenever the witches came close and it's just regardless of what evil you're fighting it yeah. seems that like salt has some sort of effect weird yeah and it's like a, a it's like a global thing I guess so it's cause mm. yeah it works on witches and demons in Japan and you got a restaurant in Japan a little pile of salt outside guaranteed no demons in there well that's it <laughs> cholesterol levels through the roof 
No, it's outside. It's not in the food. Oh, it's in the soy sauce, though, isn't it? Uh, that's true. <laughs> so keep the demons out of your body. Then you, you won't end up like Massa. Massa Owl. Massa Owl. Massa Owl. Massa Owl. Fuck, I hate that name. Can you say it? Massa Owl. Massa Owl. Yeah. Sounds, it doesn't sound right. There's certain Japanese names that I fucking hate saying so much. That's one of what them. What else do you hate, Dave? Do you know what one I hate the fucking most? And we've talked about it before. <laughs> Mummy. Mummy. Oh, yeah. Mummy's a name, oh, isn't it? I fucking it? hate that name yeah. so much. I've got, yeah, like, I know a few mummies. I and when I say their name, I'm like, hey, mummy. It just makes me feel yeah. sick whenever yeah. I say that name. But is that not short for Mamiko? No, every, every mummy I know is just a mummy. Oh, really? Every mummy I know, every mummy I know <laughs> is short for Mamiko. And they well, just really? they chop off the go. No, all, all the ones I know, it's just that their name is just mummy. Right. Weird. Yeah. I met a girl called Harumi once and I was like what like the cheese and she was like yeah like the cheese I was like, okay yeah I know a few Harumis as well what Japanese names do you hate I fucking hate them all day <laughs> well you're massively racist why are you here why are you in this country for the free salt uh. <laughs> so he's have there. we talked about the slow cutting of the head yeah. well we're getting we're getting, there. In, we're getting we're gonna get there, there. So that's it. He says we must remove the. So now we go. We start the um, the step by step process of the exorcism. He says we must remove the infected organs, and that's when he starts to cut the neck. And we very slowly. <sighs> it's such an extreme close up of him slowly cutting into the neck, and the wife is there just collecting the blood. Yeah, in that, the box. that's what made that scene so fuck. Like just her mm. going along with it. Mm. It feels very like cultish and bizarre. Mm. And it's and the the special effects are good. Yeah, pretty good. I mean, it's like obviously, it's really close up, right? Mm. So they're obviously sort of cutting around like the budget and stuff like yeah. that but it still is is really effective i love how the wife is just not bothered at all oh, she's she's like just sort of blindly kind of on board mm, with it yeah. yeah and then step number two he fingers the eye socket yeah fuck that that bit was very upsetting that was a good effect that was a great I was yeah. like, holy shit <laughs> i guess that was the eye that the devil entered through yeah he had to get that out yep Next, um, disembowelment. Mm. And this is when I, I thought, like, is he still breathing? Because he seems to have some mm. movement in his chest at that point. But massive disembowelment uh, rips out all the organs. Um, so now, um, Masao is there, cut neck, no eye, and uh, no organs. Yeah. And full on open cavity in his stomach. And that's when. <laughs> The 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 priest Kawakami just starts filling him Dumping up with salt. salt. He's throwing salt around, <laughs> starts pouring it into his open wound. He's like fuck, you know. And that's when we have a wide shot, and we know that um that he's actually had his head completely cut off. Yeah, his as head well. sort of separate mm-hmm. now, right? There, there was something about this that I found really. I mean, obviously, it's disturbing. It's a guy getting chopped up, but I think the fact that the film begins mm. with porn mm. makes all of this stuff much more unsettling. Mm. It reminds me of um, Cannibal Holocaust, right? Mm. So Cannibal, it's kind of different, but like Cannibal Holocaust, uh, this is, I pro- we probably shouldn't be talking about this because it's very controversial, but Cannibal Holocaust has real animal deaths mm. at the start, right? Not good. Don't kill animals. Leave them alone. Don't kill them for a film. But because it has those real deaths, mm. when you get to the, 
violence later on that's mm. fake, mm. you kind of connect those two things yeah. in your mind and it makes it more sickening. Whereas this one, you start with porn mm. and that's still kind of lingering in your mind. So then when you're seeing him get chopped off, it, it I feel like it gives it a pornographic tone as yeah. well, which makes it kind of more sickening mm. in a way because <laughs> you're like, wait, was this not a po- I watched like a 15 minute fuck scene <laughs> yeah. and then now I'm seeing a guy getting chopped up and salt poured in him and it's very the the kind of can they kind of blend yeah, in those yeah, tones yeah. you're having trouble separating the two yeah it, it made it very <laughs> icky it hard, made it yeah. hard to finish <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah I know exactly what you mean um, and so the whole time he is just chanting and screaming throwing salt around it's, it's quite an erratic scene while the boss is cutting and pulling and chanting and stuff um and then they start just to bag up all the pieces and we know that we see that the wife is preciously clutching <laughs> something <laughs> which kawakami then takes from her and <laughs> throws it against yeah. the wall and we get this awkward zoom into <laughs> this thing and she, we then realise that she was clutching his severed cock his little willy yeah. which he do you remember what he said after that? doesn't he say like that's that's the most evil part of the body it's like the most possessed or something yeah like that's that. where he will be especially yeah especially <laughs> that's where the possessed. devil lurks in the little willy <laughs> in the little willy that's a good name for a horror film in the, the little willy Oh, what's it about? Up to you. Possessed penis. <laughs> and then I think comes my favorite cut ever. Oh, it's so good. I love the... Just in general, I love the fucking way this film is cut together. Mm. Where it'll be all these, like, fuck scenes, all this fucked music. And then it'll just cut to, mm. like, a real fucking tonal, tonally different yeah. kind of wide. Yeah. Oh, God, I love this part. It's probably the best part of the film where it just cuts to a wide shot yeah. with all this carnage and uh, Tomoko and Kawakami are just eating cup ramen. Yeah. <laughs> Next to his severed head. Yeah. It's so fucked it's up. It's like a weird ramen eating scene. <laughs> Bizarre. The talk show that I went to, I mentioned, um, when that scene came on, everyone just cracked up. But it was just so... So out of place. It's so good, though. Mm. It's so great. It was brilliant. It was brilliant. Um, so then after lunch, which I... Well, that was lunch, the ramen. A little uh, break from the, dis- the <laughs> disembowelment. She starts to miss him. She's feeling the loss of Masao. And she starts to fondle his bag of organs and corpse. <laughs> his seven so corpse. Fucked. And she's like... Like erotically rubbing the trash bags. <laughs> She's like covered in blood. And uh, she takes his severed hand. It seems like it is severed at the elbow or something. It's still got. So it's basically the hand with a big bone yeah. attached yeah. to it still. And what does she do with the. With the well, she, she uses the hand uh, as a masturbatory tool, but she doesn't use the hand end. She uses the bone end. The bone end. She's so. Which, it, it's just like that's that's a level that's genius, right? Mm, that's In a way, brilliant. isn't it? Because I, if I was shooting that scene, I'm like, oh, obviously you're going to use the hand, yeah, because that makes sense. Mm. But no, she flips it around and uses the bone. But I think there was some <laughs> sort of disgusting. It, it was brilliant, like you said, because there was some sort of like 
romanticism about it. She was like as if holding his hand. Sure, yeah. sure. And so she had that connection with him. She's having flashbacks throughout it, right? Mm. As she's as she's using it as a tool, we're getting flashbacks yep. to, to that lengthy porn scene. Mm. And yeah, it is kind of it's it's romanticized mm. and kind of connected to her her memories of him. That's it, yeah. She has flashbacks of her like fingering her, right? And they have another yep. another sex scene. Uh, again, real sex. Yeah. In your hallway or bathroom or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> I don't remember where it was. So then, yeah, we cut back to her uh, her severing, uh, severed arm masturbation scene and she's blowing Masao once again. And then we cut into this, like, really odd but nicely filmed kind of dreamlike sequence where it's, like, it's a completely white, maybe white bed and she's in a white gown and blood just kind of seeps in from underneath the gown and turns her whole body like red. It's like this weird dream like gory sequence which kind of reminded me of um, Eat the Schoolgirl in a way um, and the scene of which I have no idea what the purpose of was. Yeah. I, to be honest I barely remember that scene. It's a, it was a it, good scene. It, it's good but I don't it has no real connection to, to anything. Mm. Right? Yeah. But it looks cool. It's just kind of like an arty, nice little cutaway scene. And then we have another one of those crazy cuts where we cut back to real time and uh, she's just there blowing the priest. It's very, very gross, this scene. So she's blowing him kind of, yeah, disgustingly and then spits the cum out on the bloodied ground next to her and it's uh, next to the head, right? Next to the, the severed head, head. The head and the, oh my God. And I feel like, this that scene really kind of um yeah solidifies this idea that it it's just these like Kawakami's just fucked mm. and he's just a fucked up guy mm. that's decided mm. that he's possessed and mm. it, it it takes away any kind of suggestion that there might be anything supernatural to what's going on. Right. It it's just like, no, this guy's it's just fucked. Yeah. Like it's so gross and horrible what they're doing. Yeah. And and again, it kind of, because it's like, so you, we've had that kind of normal porn scene at the beginning and then we get this, mm. they're kind of blurring together and ah, it's, it's so it's horrible. Really horrible. Like you said, like, I mean, once you, you have the first sex scene and then you have the full on murder, disembowelment, disembodied scene, but then we cut back to the sex, but merged with the blood and gore so it's a really uncomfortable scene and just before that we had her like holding onto her severed husband's hand <laughs> as if she's loving him the flashbacks oh. and then all of a sudden she's sucking the dick of the guy who cut her husband's head off and oh. spitting his load out next to her husband's oh. severed head it's like what the fuck is happening fucking hell but then again another fantastic cut to scene I think this is my favorite bit of the film, but may- maybe unless I've missed a bit, what what bit were you talking about? It's like the post-sex yes. awkward scene. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Where they're just like, they're sitting in silence, not looking or talking to each other and just scraping yes. the flesh uh, off of his bones. That, that was the shot. It, it's weird. Like th- this film is is kind of ridiculous in, mm. in a lot of ways, but that shot that cut after that mm. fucking horrible blowjob scene. And then we just cut to a grinding kind of sound mm. as she's like grinding the rem- the remaining flesh yeah. of her husband's yeah. face. And it's just like a skull at this point. 
and he's just in the background. I don't even know what he's doing. I think doing. he's Probably doing the, the scraping kind of thing, as well. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, it's just the the kind of I think all the sound, all the music like cuts out, mm. and then we cut to that shot, mm. and it it really gives it this weird kind of impact. And it's honestly kind of haunted me that that shot because it's so nightmarish. <laughs> yeah. it's, it's really ugh, yeah, it's creepy. Great, I love it. The the like the whole like post sex awkward scene has been done so many times, but that has got got mm. to be the best one ever. I would say that scene. I like this film the whole way through, and that scene. I'm like, fuck, this is mm. great. This is, this is something really special. That cut. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. you can't come back from that. Right? <laughs> <laughs> and then we enter the last scene. I I also loved. Mm-hmm. the last scene as well isn't when they're like hacking when they're scraping the flesh off mm. the it, just back to that shot again you see in the door right someone appears in the door frame oh do they yeah yeah you sort of see someone coming i'm assuming to arrest them at the ah. at the end or something like that so i'm assuming that's people the cops coming <laughs> to, right. to arrest okay. them i you didn't sort of, notice that you sort of see like the figure in, mm. in the doorway like through the the glass oh maybe i didn't i didn't clock that and then it cuts that that last bit, yeah. <laughs> and do you want do you want to cover the last? Scene? Oh, I fucking love the last bit. We just and and, and again, it it's kind of does this really great kind of the way it's all structured. We've had this horrible, all the flesh getting mm. chopped up and mm. grinded down, and then we just cut into a kind of sloppy curry mm. getting like served up, yeah. and they they do kind of blend together those scenes mm. in this way where you're still thinking about his kind of flesh yeah. and then you're seeing this gross kind of curry curry and rice getting served and it's kind of this very gentle scene of of her Tomoko serving mm. like a flashback right mm. of serving curry to her husband and to mm. Kawakami it's kind of a little bit dreamlike yeah it's got and some heavy filters on it yeah yeah very heavily filtered very strange and a big kind of tonal shift mm. from what we've seen before. Mm. Yeah, I, I really love that they capped it off with that. <laughs> it's it great. Brilliant. And then, and that's it. Mm. We end with them eating curry rice. Happily together, the three of them. Happily Husband and after. wife and Kawakami for some reason. <laughs> so I guess he was cured. No, I'm joking. <laughs> <laughs> and there you go. Um, that was Red Account, my bloody angel right now before we get into the uh, the wrap up and the wrongometer how would you feel if i told you this was actually based on a real event well i i saw that when after i watched it mm. i saw something that seemed to suggest that right. it was based on something real right yeah yes. <laughs> can you tell me more about that yes so i had to dig deep into this because there is no information on this case in english um, but I present to you. <laughs> you did a deep dive. I did a deep dive. I had I called some friends. Really? Yeah. Did you really? Fuck, that's awesome. <laughs> and um, and they pointed me towards the Fujisawa Devil Dismemberment Murder Case from 1987. Fuck. Yeah. Oh, so this is like fresh. Yeah. So this this, this was, is in '88, right? Yeah. This so was made a year after wow. the original case. Too soon. Too right? soon. <laughs> And some uh, some key points of the uh, original murder case. Uh, Kanagawa Prefecture. Um, the police came into an apartment where someone was getting disemboweled and chopped up 
by two people whilst a tape player was playing, was playing music. And the people doing the cutting up were kind of mumbling, I'm exercising the devil. The person that Masao character was based off, he was there found headless, legless, all his limbs amputated and his guts ripped out. And like we saw in the movie, his flesh scraped from his bones. And this music was playing the whole time. Not only that, but the person who was cut up was married to a nurse that he met in the hospital after being um, hospitalized from a car crash. That's all true. Um, and then we have the Kawakami character, who I believe was his cousin. I could be wrong. Um, there's a lot of translating going on. But he was the influence on that Masao character. He was basically telling him he has to write a salvation song. So it was all very religious, like heavy religiously influenced. And he had to write a salvation song to drive away the devil. Was this push that this Kawakami character had on this Masao character. And apparently after a week of making and recording the song, he claimed that he was possessed by the devil and then they actually started the exorcism. So pretty much everything- it's pretty accurate. It's all very accurate. Fuck. Um, and they made it a porn film. And then they made a porno out of it. <laughs> wow. Um, the surviving people went to trial and they, um, they claimed like religious brainwashing, uh, multiple personality disorders, schizophrenia, but they were eventually found responsible for their actions and trialed. Uh, and they only actually got 14 years. Classic Japan. Right? Yeah. So that is the uh, the real case that it was based on. Fucking hell. Mm. Yeah, I, it, yeah, yeah, fuck. Uh, it's kind of not surprising in a way. <laughs> I don't know. What, like, you know what I mean? Like, like in, in Japan, I you know, this is a bit of a generalization, but, you know, it's obviously low crime. But yeah. when there are cases, mm. they're so fucked. Yeah, oh, <laughs> like, yeah. oh, cases yeah. like this and, you know... Oh, man, there's so many that are just so disturbing. Oh, I remember the those. Details. The um, the concrete. The yeah, that's concrete always one. the yeah. one that comes to my mind. If you, like, don't ever read mm. about that case would mm. be my advice yeah, to it's, everyone. Yeah, it's horrendous. But now everyone's going to want to read it. <laughs> but even that like, concrete girl case actually really haunted me from... Mm. I, I still think about it from time to mm. time. It's horrible. And the the other one, is it in... Was it in Kobe? The, the kid... The decapitated kid. Do you know this one? This um, guy. Uh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Is he young Kobe? kid? Yeah, yeah, it was. Yeah, he. Um, I forgot his name. He had a, he had a little like pen name he made for himself, didn't yeah, he? Yeah, he something. He decapitated a a, a special needs student. Yeah, 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 and then put his head on the entrance of the school. Mm, mm. Fucking so fucked up, and he's not. In prison, no, he's out. Okay. He's married. Yeah. He's released his own book. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. He's like cashed in on it. That's it. S same as um fucking Mister Cannibal, mate. Yeah, Cannibal. Say whatever his fucking face is. Yeah, um, Sagawa. Is yeah, that's name? him. It's kind of the weird thing about Japan, right? Is if you commit a fucking horrendous crime, mm. you can spend not that much time in prison. Mm. Or in the case of Cannibal Cunt, he like spent almost no time in prison. He got like kind of. Uh, got uh his rich dad kind of bailed him out of it right yeah it was it was there was a uh, because he was in france wasn't he um mm. 
there was a, a, a loop in the system that he managed to exploit or there's a yeah. fuck up or something. Basically, I think when they, they he didn't get tried in Europe mm. and then came back to Japan and, and got uh, certified as being insane or something mm. straight away. But I, but I think though in Japan though, if you you commit one crime, it's like all right, you you fucking murdered someone, you can spend a couple of years in prison. But if you kill someone a second time, hmm. then you're getting hanged. Well, that's it. They've got, <laughs> the, they've got the death penalty here still, pretty intense. Which is kind of fucked as well. So um, you remember the um, we're going slightly off topic, but <laughs> you remember Sorry. the um, the Akihabara killer, the otaku murderer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He. Was he the one that wanted to die? I don't remember, but he went around Akihabara and just stabbed a load of people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he got given the death sentence. Mm. Yeah, was he the guy that he said that he did it because he wanted to get the death penalty? He was basically suicidal, and Mm. instead of just killing himself, he decided to kill other people and have Mm. the government kill him. It's, yeah, it's it's fucked up, and but I fucking know, I, I maybe get my my cases mixed up or something. But I've you know there are these high profile cases, and they get given the death sentence, but they just rot in jail for decades. Yeah. Do you know something else that's fucked about the death penalty in Japan? Tell me more. <laughs> I mean, the death penalty in general is pretty fucked. Mm. But you know, in in Japan, so it, I think in other countries that still have it, uh, have the death penalty. Mm. It's you kind of know when your date is and it can get pushed mm. back of course like over and over and you know that that's a whole thing but in japan they never know when they're gonna die yeah. so basically they'll be locked up possibly as you said for years and years and mm. years and then just suddenly one day like yep you're getting you're getting killed today yeah yeah and it'll just be like a sudden thing it's mad. can you imagine that yeah. existence yeah that's what happened with um stomo miyazaki the guy that he that the, the guinea pig films became famous off of right um, who like kidnapped otaku and, killer yeah guy, he, he yeah. kidnapped and dismembered some little girls and he got given the death sentence immediately but spent like at least two decades in jail and then yeah they just called him up one day and was like alright today's your day let's go kind of thing was that the same with um, the train oh fuck was I, it the Olmu yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. was it the same with him because he, he got executed kind of mm. relatively recently like I'm not, I'm not since sure. i've been living here yeah, I, I remember stuff. when when that mm. happened mm. pretty fucked anyway so there we go <laughs> <laughs> red account i sound like a right australian con right then red account <laughs> right here we go red account oh, i just clapped <laughs> should we switch and you can be australian for the end and oh, i'll be that, british no no <laughs> so there you go red account my bloody angel how did you get on with it? Wrongometer wise. <laughs> so we've got the wrongometer. We rate the film one to ten, mm-hmm. how wrong it is. Mm-hmm. This is a really hard, hard one for me. But I'm going to go pretty fucking high. I am. Um, I'm going to go. Fuck, I'm close to a ten, but I'm going to go at a nine. Nine? Because I thought about this when, when I was watching it, it. That whole thing that I mentioned before of that the kind of disturbing tone that it creates by mm. starting as a basically a porn film, mm. basically an AV film, and then moving into where it goes mm. and still having that kind of feeling running through it mm. made me very uncomfortable. Mm. <laughs> and, yeah, it, it's just a really fucked film. And mm. then adding what you just said then, mm. the true story mm. stuff, knowing that, 
that bumps it up a point as well. Mm. So maybe I was an eight before, but now I'm a nine. Because uh. it's that same th- thing of like in Hong Kong for Cat 3s when they base things on real stories. Mm. They do that a lot. Mm. And it's fucked. Mm. It's so <laughs> fucked yeah. up and wrong to do that. And yeah, I, I, I will say I fucking love this film. Hey. And there's nothing... I, I found like reading reviews of this, it doesn't seem like people like it very much no they and a, don't and a lot so of people surprised. yeah like yeah. a lot of reviews are like ah oh, this is fucking boring it's got you know this long porn scene and you know it's you know what not what i expected it to be and it reminds me of what we were talking about last week where when you watch like a pink film mm. you have to adjust how yeah. you watch something and i think it's the same with this you have to adjust it it's not a normal horror film no it's on a different level of, but I, of something. But yeah, I, in wrong, wrong, I'm under terms nine. Mm, yeah. That's, I think that's a, that's a very fair score, but I think just off what you said, going back to what I said at the beginning, it's the only release that it's had outside of Japan. It's been marketed as a guinea pig esque all that long. Sure. So, so I understand the complaint that would come from someone expecting this full on gore experience yeah. when you're just for the first half of the film watching people <laughs> fucking your doorway. Yeah. <laughs> But um, yeah, I, I think, yeah, like you said, completely tonally all over the place. The first half being this this porn film, not just a pink film, an actual porn film. Then the second half being this horrendous killing uh, disembowelment and cutting up into pieces murder case based off a real story. But then also the the the, the weird tonal shifts like the eating the ramen and the stuff and you're thinking who the fuck is this for <laughs> can you imagine I, mean, I I thought this was a pink film I thought they would have played this in pink cinemas and can you imagine being the poor cunt who went to go see <laughs> a film and was happily enjoying two people fuck for the first 20 minutes only then to have to <laughs> endure 20 minutes of flesh and guts and blood and cum <laughs> ah I am giving it a 10. Wait, yeah, I, I fucking thought this was great and so wrong on so many levels. Like, if this was just a fucked up porn film or if this was just, they say, guinea pig-esque yeah. splatter film, it wouldn't rent that high. Um, but I think the tonal shifts, the fact that it is quite, quite evenly divided um, down the middle as well as the backstory, as well as the what-the-fuck scenes, like in the, the doorway and the, the ramen and the curry-eating scene. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's uh, for me, it's a 10. I fucking loved it. Came close to giving a 10. Maybe I should adjust my 9.5. Cool. There you go. <laughs> I don't want to go 10 yet. <laughs> don't want to save that. That's it. We've got to set the bar, don't we? Yeah. <laughs> All right, next time. Yep. We're staying... In Asia. Oh! Kind of. Alright. Uh, kind of because you'll, you'll see. <laughs> kind of because <laughs> I'll see. Want, I don't want to give away too much. <laughs> I'll kind of see it. So we're going to Indonesia. Oh, okay. Yeah. And <laughs> Indonesia? I don't, have I seen yeah. Indonesian Surely films? you have. You've seen Lady Terminator, right? I've not. You haven't seen that? <laughs> oh, fuck. That's on. Oh, fuck. That's on the list. <laughs> I kind of want to change this up. Anyway, no, no. We're going to Indonesia. And the film is American Hunter... Right. From 1989. American Hunter. Directed by Arizal. One name. One name. All right. Do you know Arizal. anything about this film? No. American Hunter by Arizal. Arizal? Yeah. The, I mean, the title is just American Hunter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no. 
Never heard of it. Don't know the director. Don't know anything about it. Looking forward to it. I'm excited to show you this one. It's much lighter than than this. Oh, this I, should, I should fucking hope so. Christ. <laughs> Follow Show Me Something Wrong on Twitter at SMSW Podcast. Please, please, please. So